when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I've spent more than 45 years in business. During that time, business has experienced many changes, innovations, breakthroughs, revolutions, and upheavals. I've had a chance to see the birth and evolution of the personal computer, and I worked at the company that pioneered the cell phone. Then, I watched a brick phone transform into a computer that fits in your pocket. I've watched the world evolve with the growth of the internet. I've experienced it before browsers, email, websites, Google, Facebook, and YouTube, and watched in awe as these new technologies emerged to create a complete paradigm shift in how we conduct business. Yet, you must factor in that technology integrates into a system, a system that dates back to the dawn of time. What's never changed is that you're dealing with an extraordinarily complex, adaptive, and creative information processing system that has completely evolved over tens of thousands of years. The human mind. Business used to be all about personal service. Before the internet, all business happened in person, by mail or over the phone. People didn't have e-commerce, eBay, Amazon, FedEx, or cloud computing. People generally had to walk, use public transportation, or get into their cars to go to the store to buy products. To receive services, you mostly had to venture out as well, but there was a time when a doctor or service technician would come into your home. Relationships were everything. When you shopped in your local downtown, you knew the store owner, and they knew you. One of my first real jobs was as a shoe salesman at Joe's Shoes in downtown Wheaton, Illinois. It was a family-owned operation and known for two specialties, kids' corrective orthopedic shoes and women's oversized shoes, meaning sizes 12 through 15. Those specialties were a big part of Joe's brand and why people came to Joe's from miles away. We used to keep each client's information on an index card in a box. When a previous client walked in, we knew what he or she liked and what the family bought the last time. Those cards meant that we could provide customer service that Joe's clients had come to expect. All of that service is what helped people justify paying the premium prices for specialty and regular shoes. Even then, people had many other options. Mall stores, Kmart, Venture, and other local chain department stores operating in the area. Those places primarily competed on price. 
back then, specialty business was all about people and relationships. Getting to know the customer personally defined what customer service was all about. Then, technology changed the game. Fast forward to today. We all have data and lots of it. We have databases, contact managers, spreadsheets, accounting systems, analytics, and more. Practically everything we do online is being recorded, processed, analyzed, and profiled. Big companies like Google and Facebook probably know more about you and your habits or preferences than you, your family, or your friends do. They know what you like, when you sign into your computer, what you search for, and roughly where you live, and more. Companies like Zappos, an online clothing retailer, use this data to build a very loyal following of repeat customers who generate a huge buzz via word-of-mouth advertising. What makes them stand out in the online retailing industry is that they don't view themselves as an e-tailer that sells products. They view themselves as a customer service company that delivers products. Getting mired down in all that data and technology is really easy to do. Some businesses have worked tirelessly to convolute the data that we collect on people into segments, verticals, channels, avatars, and profiles. Then, they're more than happy to sell you that work as a premium data-based marketing tool, promising to provide you with leads and prospects. They propose that you can predict buyer behaviors by categorizing the buying patterns through graphs, charts, and organizing them into a searchable database. What's missing from all those equations is the fact that people are people and not as predictable as we would like them to be. Now, marketing has many meanings and variations. Generally speaking, marketing tries to marry customers with what we have to sell. To do that, marketers research to see what people want and use what they find to communicate why people should want what they offer. Market research helps us to determine the best type of customer for our product or service. We look for people in specific economic, or business groups. Then we look at their buying patterns and try to position our product or service as accessible and attractive. Marketing communications includes branding and the creation of messages and advertisements that promote the features and benefits of our offerings. Often these communications seek to differentiate us from the competition. Internet marketing uses online tools and technologies to deliver our messages to people by the way of websites, emails, text messages, social posts, instant messages, and more. The internet looks very attractive and valuable because it provides a fast and flexible, targetable, and generally less expensive, sometimes almost free, alternative to traditional media such as print, radio, and TV. Social media has revolutionized personal level marketing. Many people view social media websites as an 
excellent internet marketing tool because they allow you to create conversations and interactions. Social media sites also allow you to create market segments to promote specific messages to selected audiences. The intrinsic problem with online marketing is that people have to want you to market to them. They must perceive your messages as personal, relevant, and actionable before they'll be acted upon. Businesses are at a marketing crossroads. We've come to an exciting time in business. Large and small businesses find themselves at a crossroad of marketing tools, principles, and methodologies. The most significant change and challenge is being effective communicators when the audience gets to control, at least to some degree, the messages they receive. People can choose to opt in or opt out of your email messages. If you send unsolicited email without giving the user a choice to join or stop the madness, you may be breaking the law. You'll undoubtedly annoy some people you're hoping to attract. People choose which social media networks to belong to and they control the experience there. They choose whether to log in or not and in most cases they can and will block or defriend you if you become an annoyance. The power to connect is no longer residing solely in the marketer's hands, but has become more and more user-centric. All businesses should examine what's worked for them in the past in light of what's working now. The real trick is to figure out what will still work in the future. Some businesses will choose to stay with the current course, while others will turn the blinker and make a sharp turn. Either way, you need to ask permission to contact people to get them to listen to your messages about your products and services. Relationship marketing means treating people as people. Relationship marketing is a mixture of old and new ways of marketing. It starts by simply treating people like people. You get to know them on a one-on-one -on -one level, then they permit you to communicate with them on a social level. Finally, if they get to know, like, and trust you enough, those three concepts we'll talk about later, they may buy from you or recommend you to their friends and connections. Like most of my blog readers and podcast listeners, I'll assume that you run a small local or mid-sized regional business. You may be blessed with the opportunity to meet your customers face-to-face, -face, just like we did at Joe's Shoes. You can get to know your customers personally and connect with them in ways that make them feel respected, important, and genuinely valued. If all you care about is making a sale, then you might as well shut this podcast off and never listen again. I believe you will find this enjoyable and fruitful if you want to establish the highest quality and often lifelong relationships with customers, vendors, employees, and the community. The upcoming concepts we will explore have been curated from lessons learned over the last 10 years to help you better understand business through the customer's eyes. 
Ultimately, you'll learn that you're no longer in control, or at least not as much as we maybe used to be. The customer now chooses you. You must work harder to convince the customer that you are a good choice. I hope this helps give you some perspective on internet tools and technologies that may or may not be suitable for you and your business. B2C and B2B Rewinds. In this new and revised version, I'll do my best to give you context about your type of business. Let me start by defining two major categories that transcend most all marketing subcategories. For the consumer business. Consumer businesses are usually built on people buying and consuming a product or service. These tend to be more transactional sales since they can choose to stay brand loyal or go in a completely different direction on a whim. The relationship between consumer businesses and the consumer is a tenuous one. Consumers are fickle. They like consistency, yet they appreciate diversity and variety. Very few people eat the same thing at the same time every day of their lives. That means your goal is to try to capture their attention and often. You must present and remind them why they chose you as a brand. Sometimes you can know who your buyer is, but more often than not, they're more like an autonomous amoeba. Companies like Google, Amazon, and Apple may help you sell something but rarely tell you who bought. It's up to you to conceive of ways to capture buyers' personal information and use that without turning them off. For business to business, B2B marketing is built around people who work for companies that buy and consume a product or service. These tend to be more relational than transactional sales. The relationship between business-to-business business and their customers is much more long-term and very relational. Businesses purchase to solve a problem that requires more trust than a consumer's problem. It generally takes longer for businesses to choose suppliers, but it also takes longer for them to make a change. Company profits and people's jobs are always on the line. A big difference between consumer and B2B is that you can capture information from your customers. For example, you gotta know the company, department, shipping address to deliver any goods. Knowing the person's phone number and email who made the purchase is even more critical. The challenge becomes getting to know the decision makers and the users and how to communicate with them. So, next week we're going to talk about how even more changes are affecting the way that we communicate and do business in today's ever-evolving, technologically challenged, and human relationship world. Thanks for listening. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon. <laughs>